are listening to the Eating Disorders Recovery Podcast with me, Tabitha Farrar. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. This week, I'm going to talk about emotional eating. Um, but first of all, I'm going to apologize in advance for the cats. Um, I only actually have two cats, Dave and Stinky, although sometimes it sounds like I have 20 cats. And um, I think I've told you I'm in the middle of a house move and it's, it's quite a long, drawn out and complicated house move, despite the fact that we're not going very far. And so we've been gradually moving furniture and um, the cats don't think that that's appropriate. The cats think that we should move their things. And um, for weeks they've just been raking havoc, running around like crazy things. So if you hear a ruckus, I can't control them, they're cats. I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about emotional eating. And it's a term, so I probably get at least a couple of emails a week from people that say, oh, I'm really hungry, I want to eat the whole time. And I, I feel that really, I know deep down I should just let myself eat, but I'm scared that it's emotional eating and I'm going to develop an emotional eating habit. And I have to admit, just that, that term, emotional eating, sort of presses my buttons. I can't stand it. Um, it goes into the category for me of many things, sort of like intuitive eating, and that, that somebody thought it was a smart term to coin, and it got fashionable. And really, it just doesn't mean anything. Yet, if you have an eating disorder, you're scared of it. Um, so I really dislike terms like emotional eating, intuitive eating, which just actually describe eating. Um, and, but more, more with emotional eating, I dislike the effects that it has on people, that people um, think it's a, this really negative thing. This to eat emotionally is bad. It's a vice. It's a bad habit. It's something that should be avoided at all costs. Whatever you do, don't eat emotionally. Well, first of all, I've got news for you. Everything that you do is motivated by emotions. Everything. I know that humans, we love to think that we were these spontaneous, free-spirited whatevers, but we're actually rather <laughs> like machines in the way that we're programmed. Um, Emotions exist to motivate your behavior. That's, that's what emotions are for. So if you, if you like someone, the, the emotion, the feelings that you get about just wanting to hang around with that person, wanting to be with them, wanting to be their friend, those emotions are there to motivate you to spend time with this person because something within your brain has assessed that this person is safe or beneficial to your survival. The, the, the feeling, the emotion of dislike or hate when somebody hurts you. That emotion exists to motivate you to stay away from this person, to that person, to not go near them because something in your brain has assessed that that person is a threat to your survival. The, um, so everything that you do, whether it's an interest that you have, whether it's something that you don't do or you don't like doing, emotions Motor, are, are the way that our brain motivates our behavior or influences us to behave in a certain way. And so it's entirely appropriate, don't you think, if you have a restrictive eating disorder, if you're in energy deficit, if you're in malnutrition, 
it's entirely appropriate for your brain to start using emotion to motivate you to eat more food. And so that's, that's the first problem with that term emotional eating. If somebody who's, you know, you just feel like I want to eat and I don't know why I want to eat and I'm not physically hungry, I just feel like I want to eat and is it my emotions that are driving me to eat? Well, that would be a bad thing. Are you kidding? Your emotions are your brain trying to aid your survival. If your brain is trying to motivate you to eat food, that's because you need to eat food. And so again, what we're having here is a problem with judgment. And judgment comes in a lot when you have a restrictive eating disorder. Your poor old body just tries to communicate something quite straightforward with you, like you need to eat more food. And then all this judgment comes in as to, is this emotional eating? Is that too much sugar? Is that too much fat? Have I eaten too much today? Is this a normal amount of food that I'm eating? All of that judgment it's like your brain, your eating disorder brain, piling these things on top of what is actually just a basic truth. The truth might be, I want to eat another donut. That's the truth. The judgment is, that's too much sugar. That's too much fat. You've already had too many donuts. Normal people don't eat 20 donuts a day. Whatever. That's all judgment. That's, judgment doesn't mean truth. So come back to the truth. And the truth is, you want to eat another donut. And that's the only truth that's actually in there. And so that's a basic communication from your body. That's your body saying, I want to eat another donut. I need to eat another donut. Your judgment isn't required in that. In the same way, if your body wants to go for a pee, your judgment doesn't change that situation. Your judgment doesn't alter that truth. You can judge that and say, but I just went for a pee 30 minutes ago and I really shouldn't go for another one right now. I shouldn't need to. It doesn't change that truth. The truth is your body is communicating to you that it needs to go for a pee. What, what you, whatever your opinion is of that doesn't actually change that fact. And so one of the problems that I have with emotional eating is that it brings a lot of judgment into what is a basic communication from one's body. And there are reasons that we don't need to, to question basic communications from our body. Because if we were to micromanage everything that our bodies automatically do for us on a daily basis, well, you wouldn't get anywhere, would you? Because you'd be micromanaging the way that you took a step or the way that you took a breath. You'd be worrying, am I breathing too much air in this in-breath? Am I breathing enough in this exhale? You would not get anything done. And so one of the things that makes humans really wonderful and intelligent is that our bodies automatically manage many things for us, leaving us, freeing our brains up to do higher level things like math equations, whatever. And so when you start questioning and when you start trying to bring that brilliant intelligence that you have to judge what is a basic communication from your body, well, basically you make yourself stupider, don't you? And many of us who have um, suffered from restrictive eating disorders really understand that because I know that when I started judging everything that my body was telling me and judging all of the food that I was eating and wondering this and wondering that and trying to micromanage it, that's all I thought about all day. And it was really difficult to use that higher brain capacity to do other things. And since I stopped doing that, and since I fully recovered, I've done many things with my life that I certainly wouldn't have had the brain space to do when I was sitting there worrying if I was putting too much butter on my toast all day. So, or <laughs> that was actually when I was putting butter on my toast. Before that, I wasn't even using butter, but I was still worrying about butter. So you know what I mean. 
And so emotional eating causes us to judge what our bodies are communicating with us. And that's problematic for human beings. It really is. It makes us very stupid. Um, the other problem that I have with emotional eating is the idea that it is um, not relevant. It's a vice. It's inappropriate. So say, for example, if you just had a really stressful day and you got home and you just wanted to eat chocolate. Some people might say that's emotional eating. You should stop that. You shouldn't let that happen because emotional eating I don't actually know what the reason people give for emotional eating being bad is, but for whatever, people think emotional eating is bad. And so let's, let's have a look at what stress does to the body. Stress makes us run on a high, right? Your heart rate often goes faster. You just feel like you're a bit wired, maybe tense. Your muscles are tense. All of those things have an energetic cost to your body. And so don't you think it's actually appropriate for you to then want to eat more food later on that day or even in that moment. How your body is, is deciding, your body's making an executive decision there that what it needs to do to optimize health in this moment is X, Y, or Z. And if your body decides in order to optimize health in this moment, I need to eat more food, don't judge that, just do it. And it's true for most of us that even if we are the type of people who, who react to stress by losing appetite, um, and that's really often common in people with restricting eating disorders. There's still actually, in deep down in there somewhere, a huge desire to eat more food. We're just squashing it. We're just sort of concentrating on the, I feel sick and I don't really want to eat. When really, if you dig a little bit deeper, there's often a desire to eat there as well. And so if you're in recovery from a restrictive eating disorder, always go with the option to, that is eat more food. If, if you're in doubt, just eat more food because you have an under-eating problem. And you need to understand that your default reaction is often to doubt the fact that you want to eat. And so we overcome that by, yes, eating more food. And I know that that sounds two-faced because on the one hand, I'm saying to you, listen to your body. If your body is telling you to eat, you need to eat, yes. And it is kind of two-faced, but that's because I know restrictive eating disorders. And I know that your brain has this very, very clever knack of convincing you that you don't actually need to eat. When really, deep down, if you dig a bit deeper, you know that you do. And for anybody who doesn't have a restrictive eating disorder listening to this, they're probably going to think, what the hell is she talking about? But that doesn't matter because who I'm talking to really are the people listening to this who do have restricting eating disorders. And I know that you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so emotional eating, I guess in both of those, both of the things that I've just talked about, what I'm saying is it is appropriate if you've had a stressful day, if you're feel, even if it's not a stress emotion, even if it's a happy emotion, I've just had a great day, but my appetite seems to be increased. Somebody might say that's emotional eating. Guess what? So what? Go with it. Your body has determined that you need to eat more food. Don't question it. Go with it. Even if you've had a bad day, if your body has determined I need to eat more food, you just go with it. Your body uses um, emotions to motivate your behavior. And so if your body is using emotions to motivate you to eat, that's entirely appropriate. And your body has deemed it to be appropriate and you don't need to judge it or you don't need to question it. And that's pretty much the bottom line. If your body is using emotions to motivate you to eat more food, that is because your body wants you to eat more food. And if your body wants you to eat more food, that is because your body has decided it needs to eat more food. 
And it doesn't matter if anybody else in the world who is not your body disagrees with that and says, "Uh uh-uh, that's emotional eating. Your body is itself. So your body is the best thing to judge if it needs to eat more food or not. And our bodies don't do anything frivolously. Your body didn't just wake up this morning and go, what shall I do today? I know, (laughs) let's have a laugh. Let's just motivate them to eat more food. Your body is an organism. Organisms strive to survive as long as possible. And all your body is doing all day, every day, is trying to optimize your chances of surviving as long as possible. So when your body says to you, you know what? I want another donut or four. Guess what? It knows what it needs. And that's all you have to think about. And... As you probably know, if you have restrictive eating disorder, overthinking, that's a big problem. You don't need to do it. That's the glorious truth. Your body has got this. All you need to remember is if I want to eat, I don't need to judge it. I just eat. And the second thing you need to remember is that I don't need to overthink this. And the third and most vital thing that you need to remember is if you are in doubt, you need to eat more food. If you are wondering whether you're hungry or not, you need to eat more food. Yeah, so if in in conclusion, emotional eating isn't a thing because everything that we do is driven by emotion. And if your body is using emotion to drive you to do something, then it's appropriate and you don't need to question it, especially if it's about a basic bodily function, for goodness sake. I mean, I can get emotional about going for a pee if I can't go for a pee, that gets pretty emotional. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> you know, um, if you're in a really long car journey or stuck in a traffic jam or something, you, you, I mean, I'm sure you've all been there and you really need to go for a pee. And that, I, that, can get, that can get emotional. Just ask my husband. I can get really emotional about that sort of thing. So that's my body using emotion to motivate me to go and find a goddamn toilet. Your body uses emotion to motivate you to fulfill its basic needs. So emotional eating, whatever, it's just a desire to eat. And if you have a desire to eat, it's because you need to eat. Okay. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter or email. Twitter handle is at love underscore fat underscore. And the email is info at tabithafarrar.com. I hope you have a really good week. Bye.